0: Hello, and welcome to Nixa Talk, the podcast where people from the asset and wealth management industry share their stories, expertise, and lessons they learned along the way. Nixa is a not-for-profit trade association connecting all facets of the asset and wealth management industry. I'm Nixa's Justine Phoenix. Today, I'm excited to welcome Stacey Bernstein, the head of financial intermediaries at American Century Investments. She's also vice chair of Nixa's board of directors and part of our executive committee. Stacey, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. We are going to start out with our 10-second challenge. Describe what you love about this industry in 10 seconds or less.
1: Uh, What I love about the industry is super easy. I love the people and the deep relationships that I've developed with extremely smart and kind and talented people.
0: Well done. So how did you wind up in this industry? Are there any ways your background differs from what some of us may think of as a traditional career path to get into this industry?
1: All right. Well, let me put it this way. When I was growing up, I did not dream of being in financial services by (laughs) any means. Um, I sort of fell into this, and I've been in this crazy business since the early 90s. And when I graduated college, I was pursuing the path of law school. And as I was preparing for that, I obviously needed to get a job. So my best friend's brother was working at a mutual fund company at the time and got me an interview in fund accounting. Um, Now, please mind you, I had no idea what a mutual fund was. So I remember on my Wednesday interview, and this is way before the internet, trying to memorize what a stock and a bond was. I was a political science major in college and hence wanted to pursue a career in law. Um, but I started at Colonial Mutual Funds, which I'm completely dating myself. And I was in the fund of carding department, as I mentioned, and across the hall at the time was the internal wholesalers and the marketing department. And they looked like they were having a lot more fun than I was having in fund accounting. Nothing wrong, of course, with fund accounting. Um, So I quickly figured out how I could get across the hall and I became an internal wholesaler and from there, I was probably an internal wholesaler for about 18 months in different, in different um, territories and in um, different channels. So I ended up in the bank channel and from there, it was really either do you want to pursue a job in wholesaling or key accounts. Those were sort of the two career paths at the time. And for me, I'm a Boston native and I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the mentality of external wholesaler or bust and really being willing to move anywhere. So I really liked the key account role. And fortuitously for me, there was a junior key account role that opened up in the bank channel. I got it. And then sort of the rest is history Needless to say, I never went to law school, and here I am. And I would say that I've had pretty much more of a linear path than a nonlinear path. Um, so so that that's kind of my my early story. It's not very exciting.
0: No, I think it is. I've known you for a long time, and I had no idea that you had plans to go to law school. I, that's, that's kind of yeah. interesting. And it just went by the wayside, no Never, it never. went by the wayside because I started
1: having a lot of fun, started having fun. Um, as a internal wholesaler. And I realized that I could make money immediately. And I was traveling. Like I had never, you know, I didn't really, I traveled a little bit when I was young with my family and I went to school on the East Coast. So I started really going all over the country, which I loved. I was, you know, in my early twenties, I could do that. And it gave me the opportunity to see so much of this amazing country that we live in, which was great. And then the key account role, I was going to very glamorous places at the time. There were incentive trips to Hawaii and all this really great fun stuff. So no, law school sort of went by the wayside.
0: Yeah. So so the old, the adage, do what you love and uh, it'll work out, right? So you did yeah. what you loved. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, so another question for you, maybe kind of a little bit along the same lines is talk to us a little bit about a defining moment that helped shape your career or launched your leadership skills.
1: So I would say, you know, sticking with something is, you know, is really important. And that change is the one constant and embrace the change. When I first started, I had, actually, it was my second job when I left, um, the first firm I was at my second job, I had a boss that was super tough and was really hard on me. Um, and I, and I really considered leaving and leaving the industry and I didn't, I stuck with it. And the one thing I learned is that change is the one constant because he subsequently left. And had I left the industry over one person, um, you know, I looked back and that obviously would have been silly. I would say the most formative years in my career, when I really started to get more responsibility, coincidentally, was when I started having kids. Um, and I was fortunate to have a wonderful, wonderfully tough boss at that time that really kept me on my toes. And I had just come back from maternity leave with my first son. And at that time, I was at Citigroup. And we were undergoing an asset swap with, like, Mason, and we were merging our two teams. And I really wasn't sure how it was going to play out. And, again, like, just mind you, I was on maternity leave. But I ended up getting to manage the new combined team. Um, and when I came back from maternity leave, I was getting ready to um, meet the team, and I was developing strategy only to find out um, that I was pregnant again. And I was sort of mortified, and I was in a panic How do I tell my boss, this new organization that I'm going to be out again? And I thought, all right, I need to tell them early. And if they want to give the role to someone else, they should. Needless to say, he was awesome about it. And then not so long after that, he resigned. So I went on to have 11 bosses in 10 years. And, you know, I always felt like, oh, my God, here I have to go again to prove myself. But then I started to realize Once you develop relationships, you don't really have to prove yourself. Yes, you have this internal strive that you really need to prove yourself, but it's a small world and we're all interconnected in some way. Um, And if you do your job and you do your job with pride and integrity and manage the clients, things just have a way of working out. So, um, I don't know, I would say... Stick with something and realize, especially in this business, and probably in the world we live in, change is the one constant, and you just have to embrace it.
0: So, would you say eleven bosses in ten years?
1: I had eleven bosses in ten years. Yeah, and you had three
0: boys in what? How many years?
1: <laughs> I did three boys
0: in two point seven
1: years. And you know, it was during it was during those years when my kids were young that yeah. like I kept my career was
0: accelerating. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. No. Well, let's let's talk about something that's not easy. Look, every single one of us has had a challenging time in our career or, you know, the industry in general has has certainly been through challenges over the course of our careers. Talk about a little bit about a, a situation where you felt it was a real, real challenging time and how you navigated that.
1: All right. So I went I'm gonna go back to kind of these years that I was just talking about. So I would say a very challenging yet really rewarding time in my career. It was the second female boss actually that I ever had. And she went on in maternity leave with her first child and she gave me the stretch assignment of being her interim while she was on maternity leave. And she was the global co head of distribution. So for me, this meant exposure at the highest levels of the company, including the executive committee, all of our affiliate companies, and the board. We were a publicly traded company. So in the meantime, also, it was the tail end of the financial crisis, and I had three kids under four at home. And I thought to myself, like, how the hell am I ever going to do this and not fail on one end of the spectrum, either professionally or personally? So it was four months. And I have never worked harder in my life or at the time I thought I had never worked harder in my life. And I think the experience taught me that support networks are so important on both sides, not only at home, but at work. And I wasn't afraid to ask for help and recognize like I didn't know what I didn't know because there was another part of the business that I really didn't know. And when you work with good people, they want to help. And so I think like for me it just it reinforced like it's okay not to know everything. And it's also really important to provide people with challenging experiences um for the purposes of developing talent because those experiences are what make people better. And now like as I reflect back on that time of my life and really just my career in general, I realize that there are times where the pendulum will swing one way. So whether it swings one way to work and you have to jump in to a project or an assignment or something and you're head deep for like, you know, three months and you feel like you're giving something up on the other side. But with that said, the pendulum will swings on the other side. If there's something going on and something going, you know, with the kids or just personally, and you have to go all in on that side. It all ends up working out. Um there were so many times in my life where I felt like i was I was really not giving my all to to whether it was work or professionally. And again, like as I look back and reflect that really probably wasn't true, it does all even out in the end
0: so here's what's interesting is that you know, given the opportunity, you know you were offered a challenge, you never said no. i mean you you went ahead never, and did it. ever said no. You went ahead and did it, and and you learned along the way, right? So those are sort of what we talked about earlier, as we did the intro, it's like lessons learned along the way. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit, maybe a kind of a big picture perspective. But um, you know, we've got we're in an interesting inflection time in our period of our our industry. Where do you think the industry is going, sort of in the next five to ten years? It's a great question,
1: uh, and you know, I think. Everything that you read, everything that you see, the industry is going to get faster. It's going to get more automated. AI will permeate so much more of what we do. Um, And I think it will augment some of the tasks that none of us really like to do. So I think that will be a benefit and a positive. But what I would say at the end of the day is that technology, I believe this, will not disrupt human person-to-person relationships. And relationships really still at the end of the day matter, Um, particularly like in a role like mine where I'm connecting the dots, I'm connecting people, I'm connecting our company. Like AI isn't going to replace that. I really don't believe that it will. Um, And I think the pandemic highlighted that too, like how important Mm -hmm. relationships are. So I do think the industry is going to evolve, it's going to change the vehicles, the products, the services, but again, at the end of the day, I don't think human relationships will be disrupted.
0: Great, great message. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for today. I have one final um, question for you, and you know, you've had an amazingly successful career, and as we've talked about, you have learned some lessons along the way. If you could give us one piece of advice to your younger self, what would that be?
1: Don't be afraid to ask for something, whether it's a stretch assignment, a new project, a new role, a title, a raise, whatever it is, you are your own advocate. Ask and don't assume that you're going to get that role or that you're going to get that title. You have got to be vocal, advocate for yourself, and ask. And then I would say, just I know you only asked for one, but my second piece of advice would be network early and foster and keep in touch develop those relationships you know justine i think about like when you and i met um and we fostered and developed this relationship and you introduced me to nixa so it's relationships are so important and develop them early and foster them
0: 100 i could not agree more could not agree more anything else that you wanted to cover today Stacey? I would just say to
1: to all that are listening, enjoy it because it is crazy and it goes fast. And again, like every day is different and embrace that.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Stacey Bernstein. Thank you. Our listeners can connect with me and the rest of the Nixa team by searching for Nixa on LinkedIn. Please share your feedback on the podcast and let us know who you'd like to hear from next. And make sure you don't miss future episodes by subscribing to Nixa Talk on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Until then, thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association connecting the global asset management community. Please note the Nixon Talk podcast is the sole property of Nixon. The content of the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Guests' opinions and statements are their own and do not represent the organizations with which they are associated. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of Nixon.